Welcome to Rethinking Youth Ministry, where each week we hope to raise the bar for youth ministry by asking questions, interviewing thinkers, and having real, honest conversations about what it looks like to lead the next generation. I'm CJ, and this week I'm joined by Brett Talley. Hey, everybody. Brett's usually one of our hosts here, but this week we're switching things up on you just a little bit, and he's actually jumping in on the conversation side. And I'm also joined by Carlos Whitaker. What's up? <laughs> awesome. Well, today on Rethinking Youth Ministry, we're talking with Carlos about his new book, Kill the Spider. So we're going to be talking about spider killing. Woo! Yes. And Death to all of the spiders. <laughs> Arachnophobia. <laughs> Carlos is an author and a speaker who just released that book, Kill the Spider. And this year, you can find him speaking at Catalyst, Orange Tour, and at churches all over the country. But for those of you who don't know Carlos, maybe quite as well yet, before we dive into the spider killing and arachnophobia, yes. uh, Carlos, we just want to ask you a few um, a few first date, few oh, icebreaker questions. questions. Just before we get... Just, now, hold on. If they're first date questions, though, does this mean you may end the date after you hear my answer? This, this might be a short podcast. Right, right, right. We might get a phone call that we have to take. Hey, I forgot. Guys, uh, oh, my mom's at the airport waiting for me. <laughs> Carlos just got friend zoned. I don't know what happened. Okay. Um, so, Carlos, we want to ask you, if you could shop for free forever at one store, what store would it be? Bass Pro Shop. Okay. Wow. That I'm, I'm 100. I am a. I know my name's Carlos, and that probably surprises people <laughs> right. that, that are listening to the podcast right now. But I am a 100% red Mexican. Like I, I, I hunt. I fish. I, I do. I do all the things. So people call me the red Mexican because I'm redneck, but I'm Mexican. So That's there you awesome. go. Wow. Awesome. And that almost sounded like this was rehearsed. I know. Carlos but it has not heard no. any of these questions. No, I know. He was like, it was like you woke up this morning. Like, <laughs> man, I hope somebody asked me where I would shop for free. I, I, I hope. It, and I don't know if there's a gift card here anywhere that for Bass Pro Shop. But like, if anyone wants to drop one of those, this off, episode sh- is sponsored by Bass Pro Shop. <laughs> okay. We'll we put in that commercial in post. Okay. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> Our next question. We have two more for you and then we'll dive in okay. uh is a hot dog a sandwich no okay but it's got bread yes and then there's there's a meat substance yeah but there's no, it's not meat so so and, well, and what about like the hebrew national all beef kosher <laughs> hot dogs that's meat that that would be meat but no a hot dog is not a sandwich to me okay it's not a sandwich to me guys yeah. you you heard it here yeah. um and finally if you had a totally free day and 50 dollars, what would you do I would go to Bass Pro Shop <laughs> and I would spend my fifty uh, $50 probably right now in this season uh, buying um, flies for my um, fly fishing trips. There nice. You there you go, guys. Well, Carlos, I used to work at a fly fishing shop. Stop. Oh, we no. can talk about that Stop. later. Oh, that's a, that's his fly fishing hey, podcast. Can He's we start a fly fishing you. podcast together? Maybe <laughs> we yeah, can yeah. turn this podcast around right now Let's and go. make it a fly fishing podcast. <laughs> Let's would go. Be, I love now. it. That would be so great. So I've got, I've got one more quick question. Yeah. So yep. low sweat. Low sweat. So that's kind of, I know you refer to yourself. If, if you're not following Carlos on Instagram, on social media, you need to. He's a great follow. Awesome family. Just great thinker. Yep. And you refer to yourself a lot as low sweat. I think even one of your handles is probably that. Where did that come from? How long has it, that been around? It, it is. It was 100% not my idea. It was like, this is, we're talking barely baby internet time, like 1997. Uh, I bought a new IBM computer and nice. IBM assigned me a, a, an email and it just took the end of my first name <laughs> and the beginning of my last name and lowswit at ibm.net was my email address. <laughs> and so that just kind of became like the thing wow. that it wasn't on purpose, but it's just the end of my last name and the beginning of my, of my uh, excuse me, the end of my first name, the beginning of my last name. Wow. Low awesome. That was really fortunate. I, that probably does not like... <laughs> 
I'd be et thou. Yeah. Like, that doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work <laughs> as well. J-Palm. It, it doesn't work <laughs> as well. But here's the only problem is when people switch the S and the W, it spells something completely different. So be careful. Be careful if you're trying to hit me up on Instagram that you spell it Los Wit. Okay? That's amazing. Good to know. Now, Carlos, we do want to jump into uh, some of this uh, killing spider stuff. And I did actually want to start this podcast by being clever and being like, let's talk about actually killing spiders. And then sure. I realized everybody probably makes that joke with you. Oh, actually, uh, nobody has. Okay, so, oh, oh, man. Darn. So I what's do. your favorite way to kill but, uh, a spider? <laughs> I send my son to kill the spiders. <laughs> I, I know if I see a spider or my wife sees a spider and the, she's like, Carlos, I immediately say, Losiah, and he goes and kills him because I'm absolutely <laughs> mortified by them. Well, um, in seriousness, the book that just came out is called Kill the Spider. And I just want to go ahead and ask you why this book and what's with all the spiders? Yeah. So uh, why this book and what's with all the spiders really is is one story in general. I had found myself in 2000, this was 2013, um, I'd found myself really sitting and committing a lot of the same mistakes over and over again. A lot mm -hmm. of the same behaviors that I'd been trying to fix through years of therapy. I mean, listen, I, I've been to therapy a whole lot and try, and I would fix them. And then I would find that months or maybe years later, they would come back, whatever those behaviors mm -hmm. were. So yep. I found myself in kind of a, a situation where I needed some more intense work. And so I decided, a friend of mine, Donald Miller, he's an author a lot of you guys know, he went to this place called Onsite Workshops, mm -hmm. which um, is a seven-day experiential therapy retreat center uh, about an hour outside of Nashville. And he told me, Carlos, I think you should go to this. So I'm like, okay, I'll go. Like, and again, like seven days of therapy. Like, I love therapy, but <laughs> but let's just love be therapy. honest. Let's call a spade a spade here. Like, no, nobody wants to go to seven days of therapy. They take your phone. Like, you're and it's experiential therapy. So like, you're doing, you know, group. You're in groups and role playing. You know, stuff like that. And anyway, it sounded miserable to me. But I'm on my way, and my wife and kids are in the minivan, and I call my dad because I figure, hey, I need to tell my parents because I talk to my dad a lot, really close. Mm -hmm that I'm going to be off the grid for a, um, a few days. So I call him and I was like, hey, dad, I'm going to seven days of therapy. I really can't, don't know how else to explain it, <laughs> mm -hmm. but um, I'm not going to have my phone. So I just want to let you know. And, and he's like, well, why are you going? And I remember when he asked me that, I was like, oh, I really, I don't even know how to answer that. I, yeah, right. I don't know why I'm going. I, I just know that I keep, what my therapist said to me is I keep rubbing crap on my blessings is what, what, he, what he said. And I so was it like, wasn't just one, one no, thing. It no, was no, no. Like, and, and so, so sure, there were like bad, bad behaviors, right, but right. the overall theme behind the behaviors is every time I'd get a blessing, I'd rub crap on it. Hmm. And so I told my dad, and he's like, Carlos, I know why you rub crap, crap on your blessings. And uh, let me tell you a story. And I was like, Dad, I don't have time for a story. I'm 10 <laughs> minutes away from the, from, from the parking lot. He's like, let me tell you a story. Now, I won't do the accent for the whole story, but it, Cliff Notes version was this. He said, he was preaching a revival in Panama, and the, uh, the first night of the revival, he was in his 20s. This older woman came forward. She was, he said she was like 70 or 80. And her name was Miss Amita. She came forward and she said, Pastor, can you please pray that the Lord cleans the cobwebs out of my life? So my dad goes, oh, that's interesting and poetic. I'll pray that. So yeah. he prayed that. He goes, then the next night, he gives the invitation and she gets up and starts walking forward again. And he's like, oh, she's going to come. And she's going to tell me, oh, he did it. Yeah. Well, she comes forward and she goes, Pastor, can you pray again? A little harder tonight that the Lord cleans the cobwebs. He's like, I prayed that last night. Oh, no, no, can you just pray one more time? So my dad prays one more time. Then the last night of the revival, he said, Mr. Armidas gets up, and I'm like, Dad, now we're in the parking lot. Like, I got to say bye <laughs> to the kids. Like, wrap it up. He's like, listen, 
she comes forward and she goes, Pastor, can you please pray one more time that God cleans the cobwebs out of my life? And my dad said, he looked her square in the eye and said, no, tonight we pray he kills the spider, Mm. the spider that's producing these cobwebs. And he goes, Carlos, I've watched you your entire adult life. You're a master cobweb cleaner. You are Mm. a master at cleaning the cobwebs. You're there to find and to kill your spider. And it was like an inhaler to an asthmatic. And so... That's where the story And how long started. ago was all of this? This was 2013. Okay. So th- this was this was quite a bit ago. Um, and it's taken me that long to, to figure this all out, right? right? And right, so, right. so, I mean, now we're 2017 now, and the book's just coming out, and he told me that story back then. But he, here's the thing, and this is what I didn't know, obviously, going into the seven days of therapy, and I really didn't even define it uh, up until maybe a couple years later, but just, just so for even more clarification between a cobweb and a spider, a spider is a lie that we have come into an agreement with. Hmm. Okay, so a spider is going to be a lie that we agree with. A cobweb is a medicator that brings false comfort to a lie. Okay, so let me say that again. A cobweb is a medicator that brings false comfort to a lie. What I had been doing and where, honestly, the church goes and where we love to spend a lot of our time in evangelical world is cobweb management, Mm -hmm. is... Five steps to a better marriage. Yep. Three steps yep. to stop looking at pornography. Four steps to this or that. When the truth is, yeah, yes, those are important, but that's where we spend all of our time. And those are just medicating behaviors that are hiding and covering up some lie that we believe that we've got to get to. So that's really kind of the story and the heartbeat so did, behind Kill the Spider. So did all of this kind of marinate or did all of this kind of land on you when you went to therapy and that whole spider cobweb thing? Or is this like you know, way down the road, you're like, you know what, that story is just resonating. It fits with, yeah. you know, what, what I'm... Yeah, it definitely wasn't all... I mean, the, the spider gave me enough of what I needed to know... To hold on to a little To bit. hold on to during, during my seven days of therapy, you know, and it, that gave me enough. But I definitely... I mean, it's taken years of work. Um, a lot of work went into this book, really trying to, to make a very complicated thing a lot easier for people to understand and to walk through. So really the book's my journey um, through a couple of my spiders. We all have various spiders, right? right? right, We all have various lies that in some way, shape or form are affecting our behaviors. Yeah. Um, And so it takes people through mine, but then it helps people identify, locate, corner and then kill the spiders in their lives. And what I love about this conversation is, you know, we're we're talking about leaders of of youth and students Mm -hmm. and, and spiders, those lies Nine times out of 10 are born before you're an adult. So these mm. lies that we believe um, in childhood, in adolescence, and when you're students, that is when these these lies are born. And talk about the people that are at the front lines to help these kids defeat those spiders. You know, I want to get to those, you know, student, student pastors, those youth leaders in, in a minute. And Brett, that's where, you know, your 11 years of ministry experience is yeah. really going to help us kind of figure out, you know, and, and talk about what some of those things might be. But before we get there, just going back to your spiders and cobwebs, you said a spider is an agreement with a lie that you believe and a cobweb is a medicator that brings comfort, false comfort yes. to that lie. Yes. So what are some, before we drill down into what those might be for some youth pastors, sure. what are some of those things for, yeah. you know, us in general? Absolutely. So, so a lot of common cobwebs that we deal with are, um, you know, you've got you've got the I call them ugly cobwebs and pretty mm-hmm. cobwebs, right? Yeah. <laughs> so th- there's the ugly cobwebs. Let's just call them for what they are. So like pornography, mm-hmm. that that's a, that's a cobweb. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
You can stick a triple X church app on your phone. You can do all, yeah. all you want to clean up the cobweb, yep. but right, right, right. bro, that's still a cobweb and there's a spider <laughs> that's still going to produce it. That's right. So, so true. Th- those are just cobwebs. Um, um, alcohol. So people that, that drink too much, that that's another cobweb. But then, then we've got some, some not so ugly ones, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So we've got like, like gossip, right? Right. So, so that, that can become a cobweb. Social media addiction. Hmm. That is, again, that's a cobweb. Now those cobwebs, the lies are going to be different for every single person, right. but those mm-hmm. cobwebs are medicating for, for the person that is, you know, putting a selfie of themselves up every day and you, and you, you know, you just know when they do it that they're looking, fishing for compliments yep. because there's a lie in there right. that, yep. that their identity, is, identity is, validation. Is, is not based on what it needs to be Absolutely. based on, on something else. So sometimes it's really easy so to connect. So that's the spider. That's the spider. The spider is the lie that their identity yeah. is not based in Christ. Okay, right? I'm so, following. So, so you're getting there. And so there's cobwebs, medicators, and there's lies. And the lies are going to be different. So some somebody can have the same cobweb. But the lie, the birthplace, the agreement, the spider is going to be different for the same cobweb. Mm, that's a great clarification there, too. Why do you think we, as humans, tend to try to clean cobwebs more than we try to, to kill spiders? Because it's easy. It, it, it is easy. And, and we now live in a society where it is, we're, we're so, um, everything's, we get at a moment's notice, right? Yeah. I mean, so we want to fix quick. It's the app on your phone it's that app block, on your was phone. like, oh, I'm done with that now. Yeah, well, and I'll go to be honest with you. Listen, you're not going to kill your spider by reading my book. Yeah. I want to like let let people. It's going to take you rolling up your sleeves and yep. and doing the work because cobwebs are they're very easy to clean. They they really are. That's where I mean that's where the self help books right, are making right. millions of dollars. Weight loss that 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 is cobwebs yep. right there. Like there's a reason why somebody can't get healthy or whatever it may be. And so um, that's why I think um, people deal with cobwebs a lot more because in order to, I mean, who wants to get into that? I mean, it is, it's scary and it's dirty. You know, back when, when you're getting past the cobwebs into the spider world, um, now you're dealing with wounds, yeah. you're dealing mm-hmm. with trauma, you're dealing with pain, and you're dealing with, with issues that are going to take a little bit more work than buying a book Absolutely. and hoping that it fixes it. Yeah, and I, and I think sometimes an issue is we don't even see the spider. We yeah. see the cobwebs, yeah. and it's like we don't even know where the cobwebs came from. So yeah. we get rid of the cobwebs, and we like, you know... oh. Smack our hands together, and then we're like, "Oh, sweet, we did it. We're done." Absolutely. And we don't we don't understand what the root of that is, and we're like, "Why does this keep? Well, why, why does back? the cobweb keep coming back?" And and here here's an example I give in the book all the time. I mean, and it really makes sense hopping into just our everyday life. Like, you don't you don't clean the cobwebs in the cor- in the top corner of your ceiling, right? right. You let those sit there. You don't clean the cobwebs <laughs> that aren't messing with you every day. If there, if you reach your hand under a lampshade. And you feel a cobweb, you go straight into karate master, right? You're just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and suddenly like you're you're moving your hand. It's not a graceful thing. <laughs> right. When you run into a cobweb in your face, it's you don't grab a napkin and slowly dab at the cobweb. <laughs> right. No, you attack your face to where you maybe inflict like wounds on your face to get right. the cobweb off. We don't deal with cobwebs until they're right in our face. And um, I'm trying to help people get get past the whole cobweb thing where you don't even have to deal with the cobwebs anymore because a spider is, is dead. dead. Yeah. 
in, in youth ministry, some of the language that, you know, that we would use with that is the idea of behavior modification versus transformation. Absolutely. Is that so often in, in youth ministry, we can get stuck in this behavior modification mindset where we're trying to convince kids, no, stop doing that, stop saying that, stop going there, start doing this, start saying that, yeah. when in reality, that might change some behavior, yeah. but there's no, there's, there's no transformation. There's no you know, new creature like the Bible talks yes. about. It's just the same creature with some different habits. Absolutely. Yeah, no, that, that's what it is. It, it's, it is, again, in student ministry, helping the student, um, gosh, because when they get true freedom, when they get, they're absolutely transformed, all the, all the Medicaid behaviors, they stop. Like, hmm. they end and they stop. And so, you know, it takes, it, it actually takes risking as, as a student leader, risking, you know, I mean, because it's scary. Because what, what if, what if you tell a kid, because here's where most of us fall in and where I fell in for a long time with this. What if I pray to God? Because one of, one of my cobwebs was anxiety. Okay. okay? So, mm-hmm. so I, I had some massive anxiety in my life. And I actually dealt with the anxiety and lived with the anxiety instead of asking God to free me from the anxiety because I was scared. What if he doesn't come through? Mm-hmm. What if I pray? And I still have anxiety tomorrow. What what if I keep praying and I still have it? Does that suddenly mean I don't I mean, I wouldn't say this, but that maybe God's not right, right. real. And so now, you know, it, it is scary for us for a, a leader of a student to say, no, 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 no. There is absolute freedom available to you. We're gonna pray for that freedom and we're gonna believe that, that freedom is coming. Um, and that's risky. Yeah. And that is where it, it, it takes risk in order to rescue students out of their circumstances. Absolutely. So, so Carlos, kind of going with what you just said, you know, we have this responsibility as, as, as youth leaders. We want them to know who God is, that God loves them. We want them to know the, you know, the freedom that exists in the life that he's calling us to live. Um, but it can be so hard to lead them to, to that place, and we can end up with so many different side roads, but, oh, we're really trying to get them to not do this or to, you know, to start doing this. So how do you feel like we can best help youth kill spiders yeah. rather getting, than getting stuck in these cycles of cleaning out the cobwebs? Yeah, I think the, the most, most important thing is it's the whole idea of replacing a lie with truth. Hmm. And I feel like we get stuck, and I, and I can say we now because I I'm a student minister myself because I've got a 15 year old, <laughs> and so I deal <laughs> the with the real this, deal, the real deal. So so helping her early now early on in her life replace lies with truth right away because I think what ends up happening is it's not like we do this on purpose, right? But we we help them identify the spider, we help them locate the spider, we help them corner the spider, and then we just kind of leave it there. Yep, because. Because once you, once you kind of confess the lie, reject the lie, rebuke the lie, whatever language you want to use, and so suddenly a, a lie leaves, and, and the student is like, oh, that is a lie. But the last step that I, I feel like a lot of times we miss is replacing the lie mm. with God's truth. So what ends up happening is when we do the, the confess the lie, reject the lie, and renounce the lie, the lie leaves. And, but what it does is that lie was actually, in some ways, a friend hmm. to the student. In some ways, a protector of, of the student. So, so suddenly there's a chasm, an emptiness left right there. And if we don't take that very last step to replace that lie with God's truth 
at that moment, the enemy's no freaking moron. He's mm-hmm. going to come in with another lie mm. because there's a vacant space there. So, gosh, for me, it's, it's the second I begin to even smell out a lie mm. with my daughter. Like, it, we, we go right there because spiders don't have to be these long-lasting, they've been there for tens of 20 years. No, like, right. they can pop up right. yep. in, a, in a heartbeat. So, like, just the other day, my, my, my daughter... Um, my oldest daughter, there was like four things I had to get on to her about that day. Yeah. And I just don't have to get on to my other daughter about these things. Their personalities are different. Right. Well, of course, she's just moping and she's bumming. I was like, babe, what's wrong? She's like, I just, I'm so irresponsible hmm. and I don't ever, I, I can't ever, you know, I don't even do anything right. Now, now I know that's not true. Right, right. But she was speaking a lie. And so before I let that lie turn into truth for her, well, you know what I did? And this is just a simple step. This, this wasn't spiritual at all. Mm. I said, yes, we prayed about it, but I said, this is what I want you to do. So we confessed the lie. I said, this is your lie. You confess it. We're rejecting it. We're replacing it with God's truth. Yeah, that, that's sweet and fuzzy, and I believe that works. But I made her tell me, I said, right now, you're going to tell me five responsible things that you've done in the last 24 hours. <gasps> <laughs> but I haven't done anything right. No, no, no. Five. I was like, oh, we'll stay here all night. And it took her like 10 minutes to come with the first one. And then the second one, it took her two minutes. And then the third one, it yeah. took her 10 seconds. And then she listed like 15. And suddenly she saw herself as a responsible teen that occasionally does irresponsible things, yep. as opposed to an irresponsible teen that occasionally does responsible things. Absolutely. And it switches the script on them. So anyway, Absolutely. there's my 10 cents. I love that. And I, and I think that, I think so much of this, you know, we talk about a lot about, you know, culture and ministry and different things like that. Uh, but with teenagers, I think it's so vital that we create these cultures in our, in our small groups or, or whatever it looks like of vulnerability. Yeah. And we, we, we have to instill in, in teenagers and in preteens before yes. they graduate, before they get into these patterns and before their heart gets even, you know, harder and they're pushing people away, that we create these opportunities for them them to to learn what it looks like to get vulnerable to be able to admit like yeah i i Mm. I think i've got some issues here and to be met with grace with those things because at some point in life we just start hiding the cobwebs like at some point we don't even really start Mm -hmm. oh yeah cleaning them out we're just like i'll I'll just build a room around it and so no one else will see it absolutely and i'll just deal with the cobweb you know maybe i won't even deal with it yeah yeah um, and so just that, that the health of, of helping them have the space to process in vulnerable ways, I think Absolutely. is one of the, the most important things we can do in, in ministry. Yeah, so good. So good. So, Carlos, one of the things I love uh, about your book, Kill the Spider, is that you get very real and you open up about you know, your cobwebs and your spiders, um, that you faced and that you, you know, you, you've overcome. So, w- which I love because reading a book, you know, it's like, okay, cool concept. But when you open up about, you know, your life, it gives it so much power and credibility. It's yeah. like power because like, okay, I've walked this walk. Yeah. Um, do you mind just sharing a few of, uh, you know, not to give away all the book or anything oh, no, like that, yeah. but just sharing some of the cobwebs and spiders that you've faced and just kind of yeah. the, the process that you walked through. And then we'll kind of get to what we do with all these spiders and cobwebs. Sure. As a yeah, whole. no, absolutely. You know, in, in, in the book I, I do get, I get kind of really vulnerable with, with two kind of major traumatic spiders in my life. Um, that, that some of them took a long time to get to some of them didn't, but, um, one of them per se was, um, had to do with ministry. And when I was uh, leading worship, 
um, I was leading worship at, at a church called Sandals Church. I was a worship pastor at for 10 years. And I was six years into leading worship there. I'd been leading worship for every weekend for six years. And I was standing in front of a thousand or so people one Sunday. And I got, um, every, the room started spinning. And my heart started pounding out of my chest. And I was like, well, am I having a heart attack? Mm-hmm. And so like, I literally had to walk off the stage in the middle of the set, put my guitar down. And everyone's kind of wondering what's going on. And then they call for a doctor because I'm gripping my chest. And I'm thinking I'm having a heart attack. Mm-hmm. And... The doctor comes back, texts my pulse, and I'm waiting for him to tell me I'm about to die. And he's like, no, you're having a panic attack. Mm-hmm. And I was like, a panic attack? That's what that's for crazy people. Like, what do you mean a panic <laughs> right. attack? And so began my journey with panic and anxiety. And and as I hinted to before, I prayed. I I begged God to heal me. I prayed. And then I woke up, and I still had it. Mm. And I prayed. I woke up, and I still had it. So you know what happened? I made an agreement at that moment that God had abandoned me. Mm. And that agreement that God had abandoned me ooh, impacted so much, 10, 12 years of my life after that because I made this agreement with the enemy that God had abandoned so me. So that anxiety is what led to that spider? Is that what you're kind of saying? Uh, no. So, okay. so, so here's the thing. We, we live in, a, we live in a, a flawed world, right? We live in a war. Our world's broken. Our bodies are broken. Our, I'm not going to sit here and try to tell somebody that serotonin levels do not exist. Right. right? They do. Like our brain are chemically imbalanced, things like that happen. Um, I've, I've done plenty of work finding the root of the anxiety itself. Hmm. Um, but this spider that was birthed was birthed because of the anxiety. So, okay. so a lie came out of that. Okay. okay a lie yeah, came yeah, out yeah. of that, that, that I was abandoned. God was, so since I was abandoned, I, there was a shell inside of me that I was like, well, I need, I need to find something to medicate that to where I mm. feel not abandoned. So that led ultimately to me having an emotional affair mm-hmm. years and years and years later. And that was me medicating. Hmm. I didn't know this at the time. This is where therapy does come in. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what, what I realized was me medicating the lie that I had been abandoned. Hmm. And so what ended up happening was when that emotional affair happened, I suddenly started to try to fix my marriage, mm-hmm. right? So marriage counseling and, oh, well, why am I, do- and I was trying to fix that and it didn't work. And suddenly I'm like, why, why is marriage counseling not working? Well, because... Hmm. This has nothing to do with your marriage. Hmm. That's it so powerful. It has nothing to do with your marriage, and it has everything to do with the lie you made an agreement to 12 years prior. And so here I sit now, now that I've finally passed that, and spoiler alert, my marriage is great, <laughs> same woman, like we have a great family, you know, yeah, yeah. the whole thing. But God, God redeemed something when I finally did the work to fix myself and not, and not my marriage. Hmm. Um, and so, um, so yeah, that, that was. there's a major, you know, kind of, story in there where I really unpacked that a lot more. Um, and so that, that was, that was a really big lie that, that had had me bound for a long, long time. And what, here's what's crazy is when it was time to kill it, to destroy the lie, um, spiders really die instantly. I mean, they, hmm. they do the, the power of our words have such authority over our lives that we, we, we have no idea the power of the words that we speak out loud. I mean, that's how God created the earth. He spoke it hmm. into existence. Our words, you know, our DNA and our fabric is, is the same fabric of the God who makes your spin and float. Like we have that same authority in us. And so when we speak things over our lives, it, it's, I mean, it is like playing with fire. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think we understand that. And so anyway, that, there's a little bit of, of kind of the cobwebs and the spiders that I dive into the book. So I'll ask you about how, once and for all, how we kill the spider in a second. But before sure. we do, so what's... 
what's at what's at stake if we don't kill the spider? Because I think a lot of times we're like, there's a cobweb, here's a spider, nobody knows about it, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, what, what's at stake isn't, you know, it can be really scary for some people. It can be massively traumatic, painful trauma that's coming, or it really doesn't have to be. Hmm. But let me tell you what what is at stake. So for some people, it is going to be ugly and nasty. Mm-hmm. For some people, oh, they may just kind of skirt through life. And th- there's, they're right there, skirting through life. There is where um, the real, I think, um, just the, the sadness that comes over me when yeah. I think that some people, when they don't kill their spiders, they never reach the potential that God has for them. Yeah. And it can, you know, and some people may think, like, that doesn't sound like a big deal. If you only believed the goodness that God has for you, that would be a travesty yeah. if you never get there. And so some people can, again, if they don't kill their spiders, they may not have a big, painful, traumatic moment coming, mm-hmm. but they're just never going to have the ultimate moment coming that God has for yeah, them. Yeah, that's huge. So we've talked a whole lot about cobwebs and spiders and identifying them. And like you mentioned, you know, uh, toward the beginning of this podcast, it, you know, there is so much, you know, five steps to do this. There's four ways to overcome that. And <laughs> yeah. this isn't that kind of book. No. And that's not how you kill a spider once yeah. and for all. Yeah. So it's deeper than that. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit more about that and kind of walk us through? Yeah. Through you know, that? you know, it de- definitely it is. I mean, listen, any publisher, if you write a book, is going to want you to have some sort of landing space, right? right? And so like at the end of the book, there, there's we land the plane in some way where I do try to offer in some semblance a method right. to, right. to, to kill sure. the spider, right? So I do help people identify their spider, locate, corner, and kill it. Um, but he, here's the thing. Somebody told me how to kill my spider before I was able to. It took three years after someone told me how. Mm-hmm. Because what I had to do, the, when you look at the weapons, spiritual weapons that the Lord gives us in Ephesians, um, our spiritual warfare weapons are, they're all defensive weapons, all of them, helmet, sword, or excuse me, helmet, shield, um, you know, your, the, your, um, breastplate, breastplate pray, your, your, your sandals, all yep. these things. You got to go back to your seven-year-old yeah, 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 dress, yeah. Dress, <laughs> dressing up and all that. But, but there's, there's only one that, that, is, that is offensive, right? And so, so the word of God, right? And so what I do is what I had to learn to do is to take the word of God in prayer and prayer for me, um, <laughs> It has become, it, it is the ultimate last step. If you don't know how to truly have conversational intimacy with Jesus, okay, now, I mean, this is a whole other podcast, but <laughs> this step right there, the conversational intimacy with Jesus, how much access we have to him, that changed everything for me. And it allowed me to accelerate my, my warfare against these spiders. If you don't know how to pray, if your prayers are just, speeches yeah. to God, it's going to take you a long time. Hmm. But God is actually communicating hourly, minutely, I don't even think that's a word, <laughs> with you. Like, yeah. like, like so, so now I'm into the point now, after I've stepped into this conversational intimacy with Jesus, that really accelerated me killing my spider, because you have to be able to listen to Jesus and listen to the Holy Spirit. And when you listen to him, you will slowly but surely hear the path that you hmm. need to take to kill your spider. So for me, I mean, people, some people probably think I'm crazy now. A lot of my friends, <laughs> I ask Jesus, like, where to go to lunch? Like, things like that. Like, okay, well, if some friends are like, where do you want to go to lunch? I was with a friend the other day. Where do you want to go to lunch? And I go, I don't know, let's ask God. And he looked at me like, why are you getting all Christian on me, man? Like, you, what do you mean ask Jesus? And I was like, no, I think that he really cares. 
Like, if he cares about like the cancer that mm-hmm. my uncle has, he, why why doesn't he care if I go to Chick Fil A or Chipotle? Like, let's ask. So so he's like, all right, I'll ask him. This is a little caveat here. So my friend Marcus, he asks him, Marcus, if you're listening, sorry that I'm using this. <laughs> um, but uh, he goes, all right, and he kind of laughed at me. He's like, so he prays. He's like. Uh, I feel like God's telling us to go to this Thai restaurant down the street. And he kind of laughed. I said, okay, cool. That's where we're going to go. So we got up and we went to the Thai restaurant. We were having a conversation. We're, we're having a good time. So then we leave. He's like, do you really feel like God told us to come here? I was like, if that's what you felt, you know, he speaks to us in different ways. We're walking out to the parking lot. This guy that's been sitting across from us at this Thai restaurant comes running out of the restaurant, runs up to my friend Marcus. Hey, man. Do you, do, you, do you sometimes hang out at Frothy Monkey down in uh, 12 South? And Marcus is like, yeah. He's like, this is going to sound crazy, but you were there the other day and God put you on my heart um, that I was supposed to pray for you and I didn't. And then all of a sudden I saw you here and I kind of freaked out. Like, and I, the whole time I've been eating, I've been like, oh my gosh, it's the same guy. I can't. But I had a spurn out here. Can I pray for you? And I just started laughing out loud, like so loud. I got in my car. Marcus's eyes are massive. They're huge. They're looking at me. I'm backing up, just laughing. He texts me minutes later. He's like, okay, I get it. I get it. Because God is literally concerned about this, the smallest details in our life. And once we get into this conversational intimacy with Jesus, he's going to be that specific and clear on your cobwebs and on your spiders and how to get there. Hmm. And correct me if I'm wrong, but it's almost like, it's like, if you don't know where to start, that's a great place to start because, yes. you know, we're, I think as Christians, we're almost afraid to get that specific because what if he doesn't come what through? If he we're like, answer, yeah. God, just make me more like you. Yes. And then we move on with our oh, day. Yeah. But <laughs> it's those small <laughs> things that almost get us in rhythm. Like, okay, I can consistently ask and ask and ask, and it will lead me. Oh, it's going to lead you. And it's then it leads you there. And then you it's have those you moments. And then you've got... And then you have access now, because if you're going to get to the dirty parts mm-hmm. of your soul, mm-hmm. to the, to the sparse parts of your soul where the spiders are at, uh, you're going to need like Jesus to be so real to you, yeah. more real than he's ever been, if you're going to get there. Um, and so in the and book- that's I, the point of all of that. Yeah, it really <laughs> is the point of all of it. And so in the book, I, I help people even on that journey, how to go from you know just kind of giving speeches of prayer to conversational intimacy, which is leading the last step to- to that confess, reject, renounce, and replace mm-hmm. uh, is, is where we kind of step in with the dagger. Wow. That was, that's amazing. Yeah. Awesome. I want to play a little bit of a game. Sweet. Which could go awful and <laughs> yeah. we might not keep it. <laughs> All right. But we're going to play a little game. I'm going to give you some kind of some circumstances that are going to be probably familiar to me in my time in youth ministry, maybe familiar to you in your time in ministry, and probably familiar to a lot of us. Okay. And I want you to kind of play Dr. Phil for us and oh, help, awesome. un- help unpack a little bit of like, okay, that might be, you know, this might be kind of a cobweb, or this might be a spider that you uh, need to watch out for okay. if, if you can relate to that. Okay. Um, so one of those in youth ministry, we all know the stats are not super long on how often a youth pastor sticks around at yes. a church. Yes. And so whether that's because the grass is greener on the other side or everything just doesn't line up perfectly this church, so I'm going to go find one that does, yeah. whatever it might be, you know, there's this tendency that, you know, youth pastors are only going to spend, you know, 18 months or so at each church sure. before they jump. So if we find ourselves in those situations in life, you know, where every year, every 18 months, we start really wrestling with, ah, you know, this is really hard here. Ooh. This is not what I wanted it to be. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe I need to start figuring out where I want to go next. Yeah. What, what could be behind some of that? Yeah. You know, I, I think, for, first of all, um, I'm kind of that way. So, so 
I don't, I don't want to, there's, there's some people that may come down on that a little harder than I'm going to yeah. come down on that. Um, I believe that, that when you look in scripture, God has called some to be teachers, prophets, apostles, right? All these different gifts. Absolutely. And I believe that some people are starters. Hmm. So I believe that, that some people that get um, a little bit jaded and they get kind of thrown to the curb a lot in the church world and ministry world are people that come in and they start something and then they're like, squirrel. And they're like, you know, they, they go somewhere else. That, some of that I feel like God has kind of created inside of people. So um, so for those of you listening, you know who I'm talking about, yeah. right? And so so senior pastors that may be listening, you may have some of those people on your staff. It's okay when they go. Mm. It's going to be it's gonna be fine. Now, that aside, there are people that are, are scared to stick around because, okay, that there, there are lies or spiders in their lives that are speaking into them that their worth is going to be based on something bigger, mm. something better. Um, maybe not a youth guy anymore. Now you're the main, you need to be the main guy. Yeah. Whisper, whisper, whisper. You yeah. need to be the main guy, you know? And so though that's lies. That's what you have to fight against. So you, I, I think you just have to um, really be careful, but be very strategic in, in saying, okay, am I, am I feeling the itch to move because of a lie? Or am I feeling the itch to move because of God? Awesome. And, and it's, it's that simple. Absolutely. And that, that's probably even helpful for some people to have some of that language. Yes. To say, you know what, we need, I, I want to have a conversation with you, talking maybe their senior pastor. I'm, I really got a discontent spirit yeah. right now yeah. because I, I, I love what we've started here. Uh-huh. And I don't know that I'm wired to take it to the next place because right. I feel like I've, I've done what God's called me to do here. So I think that, leg, that language can be helpful. Okay. So one more. What about in these situations that I know that I can relate to, you know, in youth ministry, a lot of times we go in and we kind of have this Pied Piper mentality and we want to be the one on stage and we want to be the one getting the laughs and we want to be the one the kids come to and they say, hey, I need help with this. I need help with this. So if we find ourselves in that situation where, you know, it's hard for us to really invest and develop leaders and share the stage, kind of share the spotlight, you know, what what are some thoughts you might have on that? Yeah, no, again, again, your identity is suddenly becoming placed on a lie. Hmm. Your identity is, is becoming placed on, on what other people think of you, what students think of you. Um, and, and even, you know, you know, especially if you're a communicator and you're listening to this, spiders don't have to be, again, massive. They, they can start off so simple and you can kill them just as fast as they're birthed. Hmm. Okay. Birthed is such a weird word. <laughs> as they're born. Okay. And so, so here's a great example. So we're recording this at a conference. So today I get the planning center sheet and I'm, I'm communicating on main stage here. And I look when I get the planning center sheet, and I didn't know this until I got here, that I'm speaking after John Acuff, who is the, like, the most tweetable human being on, on the planet Earth <laughs> right. and the funniest human being, one of the funniest people. So speaking after him and before Reggie, who, Reggie Joyner, who is loved by absolutely everybody. <laughs> I mean, the guy can do no wrong. And then I've got 10 minutes between the two of them. And do you know what happened? Suddenly, yep. a spider's born. Suddenly, I'm like, oh, man, like, well, why am I even, like, why do they even have me doing this talk? Like, John and then Reggie, like, they're, they're going to forget what I have to say. Yeah. So I'm making an agreement with a lie there. So you know what I did? I got up from my chair. I mean, I was literally in my chair, the front row, and I went to the bathroom. And I confessed the lie. I rejected the lie. And then I replaced the lie with God's truth. Hmm. And what's God's truth? No, I've called you here to deliver words to these to these people, yes, you're not going to... Don't try to be as funny as yep, John. Be you. Don't try to be as lovable as Reggie. Yep. <laughs> Just be you. Go out there and declare to them what I have. And so I came out with God's truth and stepped up on stage, killed the spider, and delivered it. And so like, it doesn't have to be these big, massive things. Spiders are born 
every day. We just have to kill them really quickly. Awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Thank you. Well, Carlos, thank you so much for joining us today. That's an incredible idea, incredible concept. Thank Thanks, you so man. much for sharing sharing it uh, and sharing a little bit of your journey over the past uh, several years. And if you want to check out Carlos's book, it came out on October 3rd, and you can visit killthespider.com to buy your copy. And- or 10. Or 10. Or 10 copies. <laughs> yes. Give them to some friends. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got any friends that are like, man, you got some spiders. Right. Yeah, got some spiders I just give them that Buy them all. Right. Right. all the Christmas yeah. is coming. All of your family. Just all of them. Yeah. Everybody gets a Kill the Spider this, this year for Christmas. No, but seriously, check out killthespider.com to grab your copy. And thank you so much for joining us for the Rethinking Youth Ministry podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, we would love for you to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave a review on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcasts because your review helps us make this podcast better. And finally, for more great resources and to check out the show notes for this episode, including a link to Carlos Whitaker's new book, you can visit our website, rethinkingym.org. Until next time, I'm CJ. I'm Brett. And I'm Carlos. And thank you for listening.